You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two sports writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, where we covered the Chargers for five seasons, and now I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. If you guys haven't checked it out already, make sure to check out the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, which you can find on the Ultimate Mock Draft channel on the Locked On Podcast Network, to hear how Chad Ford and the rest of the analysts feel about the NBA Draft, but on to today's show because we have a lot to get into because Chargers training camp day two is in the books and we have a lot more to talk about from that. So we're going to get into an article talking about a few receivers standing out, Justin Herbert with some more confidence and Mark Webb making an impact early on in training camp. A lot to get into there. A lot happened on the field and we got to hear more guys at the podium. So we pushed Derwin James to today and then got three more press conferences. So on today's show, In segment two, we're going to look at the offensive guys. We're going to get into what Keenan Allen and Joe Lombardi had to say at their press conferences, what Joe Lombardi likes in his wide receivers, and why Keenan Allen likes to work out with Derwin James and why he thinks Mike Williams looks like a 14-year-old boy now. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to get into Derwin James' press conference talking about Asante Samuel Jr. and some other things as well as Joey Bosa on how Brandon Staley has been earning his trust and what he thinks of Chargers rookie edge rusher Chris Rump. So super loaded show today. Let's go ahead and get into it. Day two of training camp is in the books. I can't wait to be there on Monday. Hopefully I'll see some of you guys out there and I'll have my reaction for you that next day because as you know, we do a show every day and if you don't, make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. But today, some new guys stood out and we're going to look at an article from Ryan DeRude from the LA Football Network who was out at camp and had some takeaways from it. And the first thing that stood out to him was rookie wide receiver Josh Palmer. And that's a guy we are very excited about. But what Darude had to say was Josh Palmer has sweet feet and an explosive burst. We know Keenan Allen is the best route runner in the NFL, so it's no surprise watching his footwork. But he also said, I think he will be on the field on game days sooner rather than later. And I mean, if you see any of the videos coming out of training camp, Josh Palmer looks legit, right? I mean, you see him getting in and out of his breaks. You see him setting routes up and things like that. No big catches or anything in 11-on-11s that I've seen so far, but it is great, David, to see this guy who we expect to be a part of this offense, whether that's a lot this year, but especially next year, getting an early start. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at Josh Palmer and and you can really – you know, you can see the talent there, but you can also see why a lot of people slept on him, too. I mean, in college, his quarterbacks, the offense that he played in didn't really do him any favors. I mean, the first time he got an opportunity to go up against the top corners um, at the combines at the Senior Bowl, he really showed out. I mean, he played extremely well at the Senior Bowl and really took advantage of that opportunity. And that kind of really is what put him on the Chargers roster and ultimately got him drafted. So, I mean, a, a, a guy with good size, good speed, and, and he can definitely earn some playing time. We don't know how soon that'll be. I mean, the Chargers are really top heavy at that position, but Josh Palmer already showing out early in camp. Yeah, and it is a super crowded position group, which is why when I looked at this article, I saw one very, very surprising thing, and it was Austin Prowell could make the team. So this is a guy who played in the XFL 
with the Seattle Dragons. He's bounced around the league a little bit. He's an undersized slot receiver, but one thing that he does very well is punt return. And we talked about, I think, on yesterday's show, just like he would have to be the best punt returner that there's ever been, right, to get a spot on this team. But it is such a need that you think they might make some concessions to bring in somebody that looks super comfortable. And Ryan was a former punt returner. You know what it looks like when someone is confident back there, right? If they're bouncing around, they don't know where they should be. If they're trying to catch it on the run and things like they're that, and they don't have to, the opposing end zone. <laughs> things like that, you probably know that that guy doesn't really feel comfortable back there. And returning punts is really, really hard. Let's just get that out of the way. But you're in the NFL. You need to find a guy who can at least catch it. This guy is comfortable so far. He's making some plays in Chargers camp, and even though he's an undersized guy, yeah, if you can, you know, show that you're a great route runner and can return punts, maybe it's you or K.J. Hill at that point, David, and that's the thing that's hard for me is, can him and K.J. Hill both make the roster if Austin Pro is the obvious kick returner and is a good route runner, slot receiver type of guy, does it make sense to have both of those guys in Keenan Allen on the roster? So it seems like so far both of them are going to make it a very, very tough decision because he has been so good at returning punts and because both of those guys have similar skill sets. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a challenge. I, I don't see it. I mean, that that's just one of the more loaded position groups on the field. And, I mean, like I said, the top-end talent on the wide receiver group is pretty much set. And at the bottom, I mean, you're gonna have to fi- you're gonna have to have some versatility, and you're gonna be have to be able to show out on special teams. We know KJ Hill was also returning punts. We all also know Joe Reed was returning kicks. So I mean, you're gonna have to show some versatility. But like you said, I mean, you're gonna have to be one of the best punt returners in the league to be able to stay on this roster with how loaded this group is. I just think it's a little bit too early to tell. Yeah, and I mean, you have to be a really good receiver too. But like you said. It's a top-heavy position. We don't know how they feel about Joe Reed or KJ Hill or maybe even potentially a guy like Jalen Guyton or Tyron Johnson, right? We don't know if any of those guys are fully cemented in. Josh Palmer, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, absolutely set in stone. The other guys, we really don't know how the new coaching staff feels about them. We only have really how often the other coaching staff put them on the field to know that confidence level, and it could be much different. But one of the things that Ryan saw in Chargers training camp, at least so far, is that he thinks that Mark Webb can be the Chargers version of Jordan Fuller. And Jordan Fuller was a sixth-round pick from last year for the Los Angeles Rams, and Ryan covers both teams, so he got a first-hand look at it. But, of course, Brandon Staley thinks he can get something potentially like that out of Mark Webb. And basically, what DeRude said here is just that He's an undersized guy that's too small to play in the box, but not good in coverage enough to be a true free safety, but does have a high football IQ, is a solid tackler, and brings a lot of those things to the table. We've seen Brandon Staley make it work with less, so I don't know if he's going to be Jordan Four because obviously that doesn't happen with six-round picks very often, but I mean, especially considering the depth of that position, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they like him more than Alohi Gilman at this point, right, just because it's a guy that they drafted. I think they're going to try to get the most out of him, and I think best-case scenario, maybe he could be something like that where you're getting a reliable starter down the road. It's just too hard to say how early on that could be and when he can really make an impact. Yeah, I mean, they also noted that that he got an interception today. The first interception of camp. So, yeah, which is – that's awesome. I mean, the guy has a physical presence. I mean, I think that – you know, he's probably not ready to play right away, but like I've said many times, I really feel like this is 
Brandon Staley's personal project. He's going to really try to put a lot into him, really going to try to develop him and turn him into a success story. And I think that he has the ability to do that. I mean, yeah, he's not great in coverage, but that can change. That that can definitely get better. And if they've assembled a staff known to develop players as well as they think they have, I think that, you know, they feel like they can get a lot more out of Mark Webb. And what we see right now is not what we could see in the future from Mark Webb. Nobody's a finished product, especially when you're a seventh round pick. But it's hard to understate like how big of a deal it is if you can start turning sixth and seventh round picks into guys who can be contributors because that's not always what the case has been. And it's also really hard to do. But at least for this guy who you're really unsure about, it's nice to see him making plays early on, right? It's nice to know he's in Derwin James's hip pocket, getting notes from him and, you know, learning from him. It's all good signs. So I'm excited to see the growth there. And obviously we hope he can turn into something and someone that can be a contributor for this defense, especially if they want to move Derwin James around like we know they're probably going to do. But I do want to touch on Justin Herbert here because Ryan DeRude also said that Justin Herbert has a new confidence in swagger and the fans love it. So this is hard to tell not being there. I mean, at least from press conferences and videos I've seen, it does seem like he's a little looser, right? He's definitely not walking around like he's the big man on campus, but did have a 50-yard touchdown pass to Jared Cook today right after an interception that was tipped up in the air. Seems to be playing well and understanding the offense well so far. And I think, yeah, when you go into it and you know you're the starting quarterback now and you're more secure in that position, it's going to lead you to be a little bit more comfortable let a little bit more of your personality kind of get out there. And I don't know if we're ever going to see a ton of personality from Justin Herbert. And, I mean, he has more to lose by putting it out there than he does to gain for sure. But at the same time, I do think that the layers of the onion are getting peeled back a bit, which would show more of the guy that so many of his teammates have already grown to love so much, right? And I think we just want to see a little bit of that. But we do have two more segments to get into. So coming up after this, we're going to get into – offensive press conferences and hear what Keenan Allen and Joe Lombardi, the new offensive coordinator, had to say before wrapping the show up with Derwin James and Joey Bosa. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first thing you tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest place to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. And right now you still have UFC on the weekends you can bet on. Right now there's still a ton of Olympics that you can bet on. I mean, basically anything that's going on at the Olympics, you can bet on at betonline.ag. So if you guys aren't usually into sports betting, this is a great time to do it. And make sure you do it with the one place that we trust and the one place that we use at BetOnline. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. It's promo code locked on, all caps, one word at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, there's obviously a ton of press conferences to get into, and I think they're all saying important stuff, right? And I've talked about this before on the show. It's like we don't always like getting into so many press conferences, but when you're hearing for so many guys for the first time in a while, it is nice to kind of get a bearing on how they're feeling about things so far in camp and what maybe has changed since the last time that we've got to hear from him. So on Thursday, we got to hear from Joe Lombardi and Keenan Allen. And let's start with Joe Lombardi here, the Chargers' new offensive coordinator, because he did have some interesting things to say, and he has a lot to prove this year, I think, too. And he's in a really beneficial spot, because if the Chargers' offense looks good, Brandon Staley's not going to get a lot of credit for it, right? Joe Lombardi's going to get the credit. Justin Herbert's going to get the credit. He'll have a chance, if the Chargers are good, to 
pretty easily move in to a head coaching job, right? I mean, that's kind of what he has Definitely. on the line. But he did talk about Rashawn Slater, and I thought he kept it pretty real just because he said, as the pads come on, we'll certainly get more information. He's a quick learner. If he makes mistakes, if he sets too wide, sets too tight, he'll fix it the next time. You really feel this player's intelligence and his athleticism. So very positive so far. That makes a lot of sense. You can't really tell much before the guys get the pads on. And Joey Bosa said that he's going to have to beat him into the ground a little bit. So that's something he still has to look forward to. But I was interested to hear him talking about the connection that Jared Cook, the new tight end, has already made with Justin Herbert, obviously. I think Justin Herbert said he was a 13-year veteran, right? He's been around. He's bounced around a bunch of teams. But he's also produced big numbers in a lot of places as well. And what Lombardi said was they've connected a number of times over the last couple of days. Jared is a very easy player to throw to. He's long. He runs well. He runs very precise routes. You know exactly what he's going to do. I'm not surprised at all that they've made a couple of connections. And he also said, I think Jared is one of those guys that very quickly you get comfortable throwing to him. This is nice, David, because... We know that they've been having conversations and talking about, you know, nuanced route running and things like that. And where are you going to be so I can get it to you kind of thing. But now seeing them connect on a 50-yard touchdown pass in practice, hearing about the connection they're making mentally, you know, and talking things out and all of that. It's great because we know that Hunter Henry was one of the guys that Justin Herbert targeted most in 2020. So there's a lot of targets to be out there. And it seems like he's already finding his new security blanket in Jared Cook. Yeah, and we've seen how important a good security blanket tight end could be for the Chargers organization. I mean, we got to see one of the greatest of all time in Antonio Gates and Phillip Rivers hook up so many different times throughout the years. I mean, that security blanket could be really good for a young quarterback, a second-year guy coming off of a really good year, but having a just a, a veteran who has reliable hands, who's going to be where he says he's going to be, who knows the game, is going to be really beneficial for Justin Herbert. Just keep the ball moving on third downs. I mean, even get the big play as what happened in training camp yesterday with the 50-yard bomb. I mean, that's awesome. You don't really get to see that to too much out of a 13-year veteran, but, I mean, it seems like they're already getting on the same page very quickly. And you don't really see a 13-year veteran who's going to actually – get more yards after the catch than his predecessor who was, you know, going into his first NFL contract in Hunter Henry. Bang, bang. The 50-yard play today for Hunter Henry, it's probably a 30-yard play. You know what I mean? Like, they're just – their speed, their athleticism is on different levels, even at this part of Jared Cook's career, and you saw that come out there today. But I also thought it was interesting what Lombardi said about what he's looking for in his receivers because we know that is an intense battle going on right now like we just talked about. And he said there's obvious things that you like, like guys that catch well, run good routes, and have good speed and size. The receiver room is kind of like a toolbox. You want a hammer and you want a screwdriver, just making sure that we have all the roles filled that the offense needs. I can imagine almost every guy in that room being an NFL player, so there's going to be some tough decisions, and it'll be a fun evaluation. And I just thought that was interesting, David, because it's very true. The best six receivers might not be the guys that end up making this squad if they have redundant skill sets, right? It's going to be the six receivers that maybe, you know, play special teams, run fast, big and tall, make contested catches, great route runners. They're going to try to fill all of those roles and just come out with a very complete skill set out of the group that they have. Yeah, and I mean, I think if I'm Joe Reed and I'm hearing that, I'm like, okay, well, I can definitely figure out to be one of those tools. I, I can be one of those guys 
that can be like the Swiss Army knife that he called Keenan Allen. He said Keenan Allen can do a little bit of everything, and we definitely know that to be true. But like you said, I mean, they want different types of receivers. They don't want guys that all do the same thing. They want guys that can go out there and go get the football like Mike Williams. They want guys that can go get catches like Keenan Allen. They want guys that are explosive and can stretch the field. They want all different types of wide receivers that complement each other. Not necessarily the best guys, but the best guys that complement each other's skill sets. And in a perfect world, that's just how it works out, right? You're getting the best guys who also complement each other really well, but that's not always how it happens. And he talked about the running backs a little bit. Didn't say anything profound, but basically just said it's going to be an interesting battle that he doesn't have all the information yet, but trying to figure out how he's going to spread these carries is going to be a challenge for whoever ends up making the roster. But let's flip over to Keenan Allen, and he said a lot of things that you'd expect Keenan Allen to say, right? Throw it to me every play. Justin Herbert's not forcing me the ball. He's throwing it because I'm open every time. Stuff like that. <laughs> he also said Mike Williams has a new nickname, and now it's all I can think about. I went to work today just like trying to think of all the different nicknames. Like if it comes out and he's whole lot of Mike, I don't know if I'm going to be super impressed, but Mike it's Williams. It's got to be something about him being like a child, right? I mean, it just. I has mean, to be. I know. I don't think that. That's Mike Williams' choice out of a new nickname. I don't know who came up with the nickname. No, so they, he's, no Keenan Allen said, hey, we have a new, nick, new nickname for him. I don't think this is something that he chose. I don't think he this said, is something that Mike Williams Specifically, I typed the thing out. He said, Mike got a new nickname. I ain't going to tell y'all. He wanted me to keep it on the low, but he got a new <laughs> nickname. So that makes okay. me think that it, it's something that he came out with if he doesn't want the secret being spread. But... He did also say that he looked like a 14-year-old boy. So you know they're very good friends because if not, that's not something you want to hear out of someone. That's not your friend, right? He also said that Madden was a terrible video game, which that's no surprise. He said he had worse stats. I think he's – I don't know if he's saying he was rated too high, but basically he's saying he was rated – It seems like he was saying he was rated too high. It's like it should have adjusted accordingly, which to hear from Keenan Allen seems kind of crazy. It does, but one of the things I thought was interesting too, David, was just what he had to say about how it's different this year from a preparation standpoint and trying to keep the players healthy. It's obviously something for him who's had season-ending injuries and had those troubles early on in his career. To hear him come out and talk about it's different with this program definitely gives me hope that we can actually see different results because of it. Yeah, I mean, one of the quotes from his press conference really struck me as kind of like a little bit of a shot. I mean, he said, when asked about the biggest difference, he said, instead of getting to practice early on your own time and having to roll out by yourself and stretch by yourself, go get a trainer, it's already built into practice. You got to do it. It's mandatory now to get recovery. That's big. That's big. That's definitely something he said was very important. That's something he mentioned a couple of times. Like, this is going to be a secret weapon. Like, this is going to be really important. And for me, it's astonishing that this wasn't built into practice beforehand. It's He was pr- pretty much saying that they had to figure it out on their own, which this is a professional football team. How do they not have this built in? I guess it just also illustrates the the big difference in planning and how they're trying to go about this sports performance thing this year with Brandon Staley and this, and this new staff. Yeah, and of all the things we've heard from him, he said the recovery we do before and after practice, I think it's the best thing we have going. I told that I told coach that today. The healthier we are, the better we are going to play. And that's so true. But I also thought it was interesting because I don't feel like Keenan Allen thinks many people work harder than he does. But he said the one person that does is Derwin James. And he said, he works harder than me, and that's hard to do because I work hard. And he works harder than me. So I want to work out with a guy like that. 
And then I can pass him knowledge and we can just feed off each other and go from there and get better. I need him on the field as much as he needs me on the field. If he's out there and I'm out there, we got a good chance. I see no lies. <laughs> I see straight facts. I mean, he's true. Even though they're both on different sides of the ball, they both need each other out there to get this team where they want it to go because both of those guys are so important and really irreplaceable, I would say, on this team. You don't have a true replacement for either one of those guys, and most teams wouldn't because both of those guys, when they're healthy, are you know top five-ish at their position, to be sure. But we do have one more segment to get into because a couple of defenders got on the mic as well. So we're going to hear what Joey Bosa and Derwin James had to say at their first press availability at training camp. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that my favorite protein bar in the world is Built Bar. And I know there's a thousand different protein bars out there and they have a lot of pretty boring flavors and things like that. Built Bar is different. I mean, nine delicious flavors to choose from. They are always switching things up. They always have limited time flavors to choose from. The last one, Grasshopper Cookie, like a thin mint, and you're eating it, and it also fits on your diet. You're just not going to find that elsewhere, and that's a big thing for me. It has to taste great, or I'm just not going to eat it. I mean, I eat healthy stuff for sure, but I don't like it, right? If I have a protein bar or something like that, like I have to like it and want it to take with me to work and things like that, and I want to be able to switch it up, which is nice. That Built Bar has the mixed box. I can get a box that has all of the different flavors in it, and I can keep switching it up so I never get bored like I would with other protein bars and have gotten with other protein bars before. But most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. So you can feel like you're having something great. You can feel like you're eating a candy bar every day, 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew, while also eating something that is good for you, and that is pretty hard to find. But Right now, if you guys go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, David, well, a couple more press conferences to get into. And one of the things that I've liked about the press conferences is you've gotten a little bit of insight to what's gone down at training camp. You know, some guys that have stood out and guys' first impressions of other guys. So let's start with Derwin James because he recorded his press conference yesterday. We didn't get to get to it, but... Today, I wanted to make sure we covered it because I did think he had some fun stuff to say. What he talked about first was just how he is going to play this year, how he is approaching this year. And he's talked about it a little bit before, but basically he was asked, are you going to be more cautious this time around to keep yourself more healthy? Which it is a good question, but in the context of football, right? And all of those things, he didn't think it was a great question. What he said was, man, I play football, man. I'm here to play football. When you play this game slow with caution, that's when you really get hurt. You know I'm still being me, and I'm still Derwin James. He's not lying. I mean, it is true in football. Like, you can't do things and and try to take it easy and try to stop really quick instead of making a hit or something like that because those unnatural movements and you trying to decelerate sometimes are just as dangerous as exploding through something. So yeah, you got to go at your own speed. I mean, you can't just you can't artificially change things up because that's that's when you get hurt. And I think it's even more than that, David, because I think if you take away the things that Derwin James does at 110 percent instead of 100 percent, right, or what other people's 100 percent would be, he's not Derwin James anymore. Like he's not that same game changing type player. One of the reasons he is who he is is because he is such an explosive player. So I'm not surprised at all. You know, that he doesn't want to get wrapped up in the bubble wrap, even though that's something that we would prefer. He's out there and he's just going to be himself. And I think at a certain point, 
Working with Keenan Allen helps that a lot, right? Knowing someone that has started out with bad injury luck and has come back to be what he is today, you know, nationally regarded as a top 10 wide receiver by pretty much anyone. So I don't blame him at all for taking this kind of mentality into the training camp. Well, and a guy who had that injury-prone moniker too, right? I mean, a guy early in his career got several big, just devastating injuries that took a lot of playing time away from him. And a guy who has fought back from that, rehabbed, and who's come back to be very, very durable and come out here and play 15, 16 games a season, three or four seasons in a row now. So I know that's really important for Derwin James and his mental aspect of how he's looking at things. I know just without knowing DJ, that he wants to go out there and prove that he can be healthy, that he can stay on the field, that he can help this team. Because, I mean, missing the better part of two seasons is just got to be absolutely devastating for a young player who is as hungry and as as athletically gifted as Derwin James is. So we definitely want to see him out there healthy. And to have a guy with that kind of experience with Keenan Allen, to have that relationship with him, I think that's going to be paramount in helping him stay on the field this year. Absolutely. And I liked what Keenan Allen had to say about it going back to that, just because when he was talking in his press conference, he was basically like, when you're like me, you don't think about what individual stats I'm going to put up. I don't think about 100 yards and 100 catches. I think about staying healthy for all 16 games because I know if I'm out there for 16 games, the rest of that stuff is going to fall into line. And I think that very much falls in with Derwin James, too, because we know if he's out there, he's going to produce. There's no question about it. But we haven't really seen much from Asante Samuel Jr. so far in training camp, but we did get to hear Derwin James's thoughts on him. And what he said was, I love Asante, man. He's a dog. Like I told him, you're not going to get everything on the first day. I didn't get everything on the first day. He's one of those guys where he wanted to be perfect every time. And I told him, man, it's going to come. This is your first time out here. This is your first time seeing the NFL speed. I like what I've seen from him. So encouraging words from another former Seminole. But for Asante Samuel Jr., it's not a surprise at all that it's going to take some time to get adjusted to the speed in the NFL. It's not easy to do. But let's flip things over to Joey Bosa because Joey Bosa also spoke today. Started it by walking up right behind Joe Lombardi. And he just said, hi. Like so awkward. He's so dry. <laughs> it's hilarious and uncomfortable and all of those things. But one of the this things. This is a big ass Yeti. Yeah, yeah, he really is. But very, like, gentle and cuddly as well, I would say. He seems like a big softy, but I also wouldn't want to be, you know, lined up a tackle against him either. But one of the things I thought was interesting was him talking about Brandon Staley earning his trust because we know Brandon Staley is trying to cultivate all these relationships. And Daniel Popper, I know, said that Joey Bosa and Brandon Staley were talking just while they were stretching early in practice. Brandon Staley just went over there and talked to him for a good 10 minutes just going over some defensive stuff and stuff like that so he is putting the time in there but Joey Bosa is going to be asked to do some different things this year in the 3-4 defense including dropping into coverage and he said he has to kind of put his ego aside and about the trust factor he said obviously trust isn't gained instantly we have time that we need to put it together just the first impression with him when I hear him speak I like what he's talking about he talks about how he's going to use me in certain situations and what he wants, and I like what I hear. And he also said, I think he's really genuine, and for me personally, I really appreciate that. And, I mean, Justin Herbert seems like a very relationship-oriented guy. Joey Bosa definitely seems that he has a little bit of trust issues because he was working with Giff Smith. Now he's coaching a different position, and he has Jay Rogers. Had high praise for him, but it doesn't seem like, you know, he's just letting Brandon Staley in, but... 
one way or another, it seems like Brandon Staley is building that trust. He's putting time into that relationship. And I think both of these guys know at the end of the day, for each of them to get to the level that they want to be at, they really need each other. Well, and I mean, Brandon Staley's track record working with some of the best pass rushers in the NFL, guys like Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald. I mean, his work with those guys speak for themselves, but he understands, Brandon Staley understands how important it is to get that buy-in from his best player on the defense now, and that's Joey Bosa. I mean, at least paid like he's the best in the league. I mean, he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He understands how important it is to get him on the same page, get him comfortable with this new defense, because they're going to need each other. They're going to need each other to be successful. If Joey Bosa is clicking on all cylinders, he is one of those guys that makes everyone around him better. So Brandon Staley understands that buy-in. Joey understands that buy-in and seems like they're on to a real, off to a really good start. Yeah, and I think another guy who's going to benefit directly from that is the guy that's going to be lined up opposite of him, Uchenna Nwosu, and he talked about him a little bit, and he just said he's excited for him. He said he feels like he's done a great job last year, and even though he got to fill in for Melvin Ingram last year, he ended up getting hurt, and Wosu did, so then he didn't really get to show everyone. He thinks now, in a contract year, he's really excited to see what Uchenna is going to do, but he also talked about the rookie, Chris Rumpf, who I'm sure if you guys follow the charge on social media, you know is a giant ball of energy. He's kind of like the Josh Kelly, I would say, of the defense. Like, always has a big smile on his face. Very loud. Very energetic. And when he was asked about him, he said... The throw is going to be in your face, man. When he was asked about him, though, he said, when I'm tired like that, I'm like, Chris, just shut up a second, please. (laughs) And then he said, no, I really like Chris. Not many rookies come in with that kind of energy and confidence on the first day. And he actually said that Chris Rump knew the playbook so well that it made him kind of jealous and made him be like, oh, like I need to get on this because I'm not going to have a rookie out here knowing more than me and trying to outshine me, right? But he also said he's really impressive. I think he's a natural pass rusher. He's long. We got to put a little meat on his bones. String bean, I've been calling him. But yeah, I think he has all the tools to be a really great player. That's all you want to hear, David. It is, definitely. And it's also kind of interesting to hear him say that he needs to put some pounds on because that was one of the things that we said when we evaluated Chris Rumpf is, hey, we love his his slipperiness. I mean, he really knows how to get around the corner. He has really good bend, good speed, but he is a little bit on the light side. So, you know, to hear Joey Bosa saying, hey, we got to put some meat on on those bones, it kind of just, uh, uh, I guess, validates what we were saying as well. But Chris Rumpf is going to be a guy they're going to need. I mean, I could really see him in the NASCAR packages too when they're really trying to get a lot of speed after the quarterback on the field. I mean, we'll see how involved he's going to be in, but I mean, he's going to be a part of this room and he's going to be important to spell some of these guys to get a much better pass rush this year because the last couple years, it was not cutting it. Yeah, absolutely. He's important. I mean, Kyler Fackrell is going to be important. They added some, you know, depth to that position for sure. And at least there's guys, you don't know how you feel about them, but the bar was set pretty low by the guys spelling, you know, Joey Bosa last year. I mean, they didn't really get much of Isaac Rochelle or even guys like a Mech Egg Boy. No one really ever came in and provided that spark you'd be looking for from a pass rusher off the bench. And it was really depleted last year, especially with Melvin Ingram out. But as much as Joey Bosa could be dropping into coverage, which we don't think is much, he wanted to let everyone know when it's time to make money, I'm going to have my hand in the dirt and I'm going to be flying off the ball. So that's what you expect right hallelujah brandon staley knows that joey bosa is not served best in coverage he's served best when he's getting after the quarterback and that's the reason he got a 135 million dollar contract but 
that's just the first two days of training camp, David, and this is how much we got out of it. So very glad we could at least get into a lot of those press conferences and get into the stuff we thought was most interesting and recap the first couple of days for training camp with you guys. But that's going to do it for this week and for today's show. Next week, we're going to try to get one of the Chargers beat writers to kind of come on after training camp has gone on a little bit. Tell us their first impressions and guys who are standing out and stuff like that. But we'll be back here on Monday to recap everything that goes on during the weekend and all the training camp news that we get because we obviously have all day today and on Saturday where more stuff is going to be coming back. So to make sure you don't miss our thoughts on it, make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us on the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you like the show, make sure to rate and review as well so we can keep this thing going. But you can also find the show on our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David on Twitter at DroTalkSD as well as the show's Twitter page, LockdownLAC. We also have a Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and our at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram as well. We will be getting into some voicemails next week. If you guys want to get your voices on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. So, Can't believe we got so much already two days into training camp, but I'm still hungry for more. Can't wait to be back here with you guys on Monday to break down everything that happens from now until then. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.